Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell, and I'm with Libel Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. On this episode, we'll be talking about the FIRE movement, And I'm going to learn a lot. This is the first time I've heard about this. I saw the notes that you sent over and I thought, hmm, this is going to be a good one. So, Liva, hello. Welcome to the show. And uh, you really are on fire this week. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing? Unbelievable. I'm really excited because we're one day closer to springtime. So what is the fire movement and what does it actually stand for? So the FIRE movement is an interesting millennial-based movement that started. And if you Google around, there's lots of stories of the origin. But essentially, um, it is a movement that, and it what it stands for is financial independence and retire early. Um, and it is part of what you've probably heard of the Great Resignation or the, lying, the laying down movement in China. Um, and it is... It, it, that's kind of a, a, an offshoot or a result of this fire movement. Um, long story short, the there was you know some blogs, there were some books written by millennials or by parents of millennials uh, talking about how do you achieve financial independence in life? How do you retire early? What are the rules and the guidelines that you should know about? And um, those books, those blogs kind of spawned an entire movement of people who are dedicated to achieving financial independence um, and what they consider to be, you know, early retirement or what they call, you know, optional work uh, in their life. The FIRE movement, that's what it stands for. One more time on that acronym. Financial independence and retire early. And you mentioned rules in your definition of that libel. So Mm -hmm. Do the rules, are they flexible? Do they change or are they static? So so the movement has some very basic tenets, um, the uh, principles to live by, which I think are very sound rules. However, the, you know, considering that it was, it, it was designed for younger people and it was designed by younger people, the rules are really for your earlier stages in life. As we get older, as we enter into retirement and our ability to recover from market losses, our ability to go back into the workforce, some of these rules change. And so as we talk about FIRE, I'll talk about some of those differences and how I think that you need to apply it 
as we get older and as we get into retirement. And I think that some of those basic assumptions that are very inherent in the movement and that are inherent in the advice that you will see and that you will receive when you ask people in the movement, I think that they are inherently dangerous for people as they get older. And it's not that the people giving the advice have any ill intent or even that they're, you know, ill-educated. It's simply that they haven't experienced and they don't have that worldview of what happens when you can't walk up the stairs because your knees are killing you? What <laughs> happens when just getting out of bed is enough to, you know, hurt your back or it takes you, you know, a, a half hour to stand up, right? It, the, these things are realities of life as we get older. And they're not something that is really considered by somebody who's, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s, has always been healthy, and, you know, they're ready to conquer the world. So these are the basic tenets of the FIRE movement? So the basic tenets of the FIRE movement is, number one, that you want to save as much as possible. So I think the average American saves like 4 or 5%. The average European, it's like closer to 8 or 9%. Um, the FIRE movement, they strive to save 50% or more of their uh, earnings in, in savings. So they have a really outrageously high savings rate. That's aggressive. Yeah, it, it is super aggressive, right? It, I mean, they, they will, and then they will go to extremes to save and to cut back on their expenses so they can hit that 50% target, um, which we can talk about in a second. But rule number one is save as much as possible. Rule number two is they say save for the long term. So they are very much that buy and hold and, you know, uh, say, uh, set it and forget it. You know, buy an index fund. Um, they, they're very much into, you know, buying the all U.S. stocks, which is a really great idea if you're going to hold on for the long term and just don't touch it. Right. And if you can afford to not touch your investments, it will grow because you will capture all that market upside. And they've got, you know, um, any website that talks about fire, the fire movement, they will have this chart on there or some articles that tell you how to maximize those savings. So if you've got a job, you want to, you know, do your 401k match because that's free money that your employer is going to match into your 401k. And you want to max out your Roth IRA if you can do it. You want to, you know, max out your HSA if you can do it, because that's like another Roth. Um, and, and, you know, they've got the litany of how do you save in a tax efficient manner. Um, another tenant of the movement is that you don't want to hire a financial advisor. And their, uh, their reasoning for it is that financial advisors cost you money and that if you're using the 4% rule for taking money out of retirement, well, if you're paying an advisor 1% and you're only taking 4%, that's 25% of your income that's going to an advisor, mm -hmm. which well, in theory, you know, that math sounds right, um, but it leaves, it leaves uh, off all of the other things that can cost you beyond the 1% advisory fees that are kind of hidden in that 4%. However, again, if you can follow the tenants and you're able to, you know, really put aside the money that, that the fire movement talks about and you can have more than that, then perhaps that is something that you can do, that you don't necessarily need an advisor if you have a robust enough retirement, which again, is why I think the rules are different as you get older and you're in retirement. They don't really work the same. 
Another tenant of the movement that I think is critically important is this rule, the 4% rule and the 25% rule, which really go hand in hand. If you take 100% and you divide it by four, 100 divided by four, you get 25, which is where they come up with this idea that you should save 25% of your annual income. When you save 25% of your annual income, that is when you have achieved FIRE and you now have the ability to be work optional because you can replace your annual income with the 4% that you're pulling off of your investments. That's pretty Uh, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Are there specific investments that a person who's interested in the FIRE movement should be making if they really want to be a part of this? So the FIRE movement is very much about, and I and I think that if you're going to do this, you should be strict about it. They invest in uh, VTI, which is the all U.S. stocks. And the reason why they're investing all U.S. stocks, um, just very briefly, the U.S. stock, U.S. stock market has, or really the U.S. economy has made up historically 24% of the world economy. So we're like a quarter of the world economy. We make up, I think it's like 5% or 8% of the world population, not even, right? We're 330 million out of almost 8 billion now. Um, so we are a big driver of the world economy. And not only that, but foreign markets are very highly correlated with the U.S. right now. So if you want to capture the market performance, if you want to capture that growth that the market has received over the last 100, 150 years, mm-hmm. which historically, right, when well, once you adjust for inflation, we're talking six to seven percent of real return. Um, so that's that's a significant amount of money. When you compound that, that can easily turn into millions over 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so in 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 investing in the entire U.S. stock market, what you get is you get the S&P 500, which is the top, the five largest companies in the U.S. Uh, that are based in the U.S., except that you then have the risk of like, uh, you know, I think uh, 25% of that is Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, um, which right now, you know, uh, Facebook is, is really tanking, which is helping bring down the market. So you want to invest also in those mid-cap and those small-cap companies, those smaller companies, because they have outsized returns when you compare it to the larger companies. IBM isn't going to grow so much. Microsoft isn't going to grow so much. But a smaller company can easily go, grow 100% over 10 years. And the way you invest that is with mid-cap and small-cap. And so when you invest in the entire U.S. stock market as a whole, you get to participate in the growth of the U.S. economy as a whole and the U.S. market and really the international market to a certain extent, the developed world. Uh, so it is, you know, U.S. all stocks, they like going Vanguard just because the person who wrote the initial books was very big into Vanguard. I would recommend doing an ETF because it's, it trades better. But again, they want something that has low fees. So get a low-cost ETF that holds all the U.S. stocks, uh, at least for right now. And that is, that is your best bet. Everything you've been talking about is pretty good, but are there some downsides to uh, being on fire? So there, there are definitely downsides. So the, the first one, um, and we don't have enough time to go into depth on this, is that 25%, that 25 times rule that we talked about, or the 4% withdrawal. That is based on an assumption that you're going to be retired for 30 years. Now, let me ask you, right? You, if you're, you know, if if you're achieving fire at 30, you're going to need that to last a lot longer than 30 years. Right. 
and even 30 years, uh, you know, 25 years or 30 years of retirement, right? For the average retiree, you, you hit 60. There, I think it's 10% of social security holders, uh, social security benefit recipients are over the age of 100. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the 30 years, 25 years, 30 years may not be enough. So you need to have, you need to, you can't just use the 4% rule. You can't just use these rules of thumb of how much money you need. You actually do have to do the hard work and figure it out. And then you've got to have a withdrawal plan because that is critically important. And that is something that's kind of missing from the fire movement. Some of the members of the fire movement have talked about it, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I've read a whole lot of books uh, in the fire movement. Um, I'm going to start a, a review blog about it, but uh, of all the books I've read. But the truth is, is that I have yet to see one person in the fire movement who talks properly about the risks that that the risks that regular retirees have who are using the fire movement, right? They, the, you have sequence risk, you have, you have inflation risk, you have um, aging risks. There's all kinds of risks that you have in retirement that you just don't have in your working years. And the prescription that the fire really has of, you know, okay, what do you do in a down market? What do you do when there's inflation? They say, go back to work. Well, that isn't an option for a lot of people in retirement. <laughs> if you're if you're retiring at age 70, you, you might not be able to go back to work, maybe in the first few right. years, but you're 80 years old, you're going to go drive for Uber? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Probably not. We're almost out of time for this segment, but I'm just curious, with that being said, do you think the FIRE movement is a good thing? I, th I think it's an incredibly good thing. Um, it, it has brought a level of financial literacy uh, to a whole generation. So I think that's good. I have also seen a lot of older people getting involved, people who are realizing, hey, I need to retire. I need to save money. So I think it is an incredibly good thing and positive outcome uh, overall. But I think there are some very hidden dangers that if we're not careful, will really hurt us in the long run. We're talking with Libel Sturmbach. He's on fire. And we're talking about the FIRE movement, which stands for? Financial independence and retire early. I'm Freddie Bell. This is Libel on Fire, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and we're talking with Libel Sternbach. This is Libel on Fire, and we're talking with Libel this weekend. Well, first of all, he's the best-selling author, as you know, on living with financial anxiety and authenticity. We've been talking about the FIRE movement, which is financial independence and retire early. Libel, I'm wondering, do you think that if for somebody who's looking to be a part of this movement, they want to go on the FIRE journey, would you have some tips that you would suggest right off the top? Yeah. So tips right off the bat, um, maximize your savings as much as possible. Um, number two, you want to invest for the long run. So maximize your savings as much as possible and do it in a tax efficient manner. You want to max out that 401k match. You want to put your money into things and then just forget about them, right? Just leave them aside. 
don't look at them for another 10 years. That is the best advice when it comes to investing for the long run. And you want to invest in something that is um, that holds multiple stocks. You don't want to invest in one company because I can go bankrupt. The best is invest in an ETF or a mutual fund that will rebalance on a regular basis and holds a basket of funds. The FIRE movement says to do it in the uh, US all uh, stocks. You can do it in VTI, you can do it SPY, you can do a QQQ. Any one of those are great ideas for long-term investments. When we were together last time when we first started talking about FIRE, uh, you were talking about all the wonderful benefits and how you can almost do it yourself. And I was surprised that you were a big proponent of it. So how does it, how does uh, FIRE impact uh, financial planners and advisors? So I think that the FIRE movement is really a natural progression of what we're seeing already. I think that the traditional financial advisor, the tra- traditional financial advisor was a gatekeeper. And if we go back to how advisors came about, they, the initial uh, financial advisor was a stockbroker, right? If you want to buy a stock, you had to go through a broker. That was the only way to do it. Still, technically, you have to go through a broker if you want to buy a stock. They've just be, they've just gone online and they don't charge fees anymore. They take a percentage. They they have got their little spread on it, and it's you know pennies of what they're taking. Um, but you still got to go through a gatekeeper. So traditional financial advisors who really just act as a gatekeeper, I think their days are numbered. If you provide value to your clients, there are numerous studies that show that an advisor will provide um, it, it will provide extreme value to their clients well in excess of their fees. However, if you are able and you have the stomach to be able to really weather the ups and downs of the market mm-hmm. and you and you have a plan and you think through your decisions, well, then the real purpose of an advisor is to educate you and help you through those decisions. And if you follow what the FIRE movement says of buy and holding, having a five-year uh, cash cushion, which may or may not be correct in retirement, but to get you to the point of retirement, if you're doing that and you're maximizing your savings, I think you'll be good. I think also you need to have a little bit of humility and um, you need to you need to reach out and ask questions of professionals when you have when you are facing major decisions. So like whether to buy a car or not, probably not a major decision. But when you have a major decision, you know, you start a new job and you want to maximize your benefits, go pay a financial advisor a few hundred bucks and get some advice because that advice will pay dividends over the next, you know, five, six years of your job. Um, even if you go job hopping. Um, and a financial advisor can help you negotiate and tell you, you know, well, this is what you should expect so that you get paid more uh, in that job. Um, tax planning, I think, is critical. I think you can make, you can save more money on tax planning and make more money on tax planning than chasing returns on investments. Um, and I think that that is what I see in the fire movement. I'm involved in a, a number of groups uh, with, you know, uh, one is over 100,000 members. And the biggest thing that I see people getting tripped up on is either they don't buy and hold, they, they're constantly trying to time the market and pick the best stock, or they are getting bad tax advice. Um, what you do not know when it comes to taxes will hurt you. And, and, and the IRS is counting on that. Congress is counting, counting on that. We've talked about in our other shows of these secret ways that Congress is reducing benefits. 
One of them is by making it difficult for you to claim what is rightfully yours. That's terrible. Liable Sternbach is with us this weekend. We're talking about the FIRE movement, and we've learned that it's financial independence, retire early. And I noticed that you were talking recently with Lisa from Kiplinger's Personal Finance about FIRE, and she asked you this question. She says, given how steep inflation is right now, and on a previous show we talked about inflation, she was asking, are there other inflation-related considerations that those who want to retire early or who already have should be considering when looking at fire? So yes, uh, there are there are a number of considerations. So something that I, I've mentioned before is sequence risk. Sequence risk is something that is a real issue for retirees, especially early in retirement. And sequence risk is that the order of your returns is more important than the returns. And that is something that on the face of it sounds wrong, right? On the face of it, it shouldn't matter what order your returns are, because at the end of the day, the the numbers will equal the same. However, when you are taking money out of your portfolio, all of a sudden the sequence makes a difference because because of compounding interest. If I am, if I don't touch my money and I have $100,000 and it, you know, it goes up 10%, goes down 10%, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If, however, in that first year when it went down 10%, I take out money, when it comes back, when the market recovers, it's not recovering on the same balance. So it's not recovering to the same level. And now I'm compounding my loss. And that is the real problem is that when, if, you're, if your portfolio is down 10% and you're taking a 4%, a 4% income, your portfolio is not down 10%. Your portfolio is down 14%. And recovering from 14% is a lot harder than 10%. And, 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 and you know, to recover a 10% loss, you need 11% recovery, right? And to recover a 50% loss, you need 100% return because of the, the compounding nature of investments. Mm-hmm. And so it is. So when you talk about inflation, inflation is just lost by another name. <laughs> I've never looked at it quite that way, but it makes a lot of sense, Lival. So I'm curious. So how should those who are on the path uh, to fire prepare their portfolios for a bear market? And could a negative turn force early retirees to go back to work and do that side hustle? So the traditional answer to a bear market for the fire movement is to uh, take a side hustle, return to work. Um, There is a little bit of a problem with that, which uh, any of us who have actually experienced a recession or a bear market know jobs dry up because everyone needs money and your opportunities shrink. Now, we do have the great benefit of that we're more of a connected economy. We have the internet, so you can probably find a side hustle online and find opportunities that you couldn't find before in previous recessions um, or previous bear markets. But you got to keep in mind that a, a bear market and a recession are they exist because people uh, have a fear of the future and they're not spending as much money. So that means your opportunities are going to be limited. So you're, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of people are going to learn some hard lessons when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Now, the general advice in the fire movement is have a five-year cash cushion so that it, you don't have to pull money out of your investments and suffer that sequence risk loss during these bear markets. 
which I think is good advice. However, it's something I don't know if five years is enough. And if you're in retirement and you're counting on your assets and you don't have enough save and you don't have an ability to reaccumulate your assets and regrow your savings, how are you supposed to have this five years and survive on just those five years, especially when you have inflation? I, I think you need to have, I, I think you need to look at your finances a little harder and have a little bit a, of a less rule of thumb and more hard numbers look at what you need to do. Um, in terms of protecting it, you want to make sure that you are timing your distributions, not timing your, your market purchases, but timing when you take money out of your portfolio so you're not taking it out when they are at a loss. Or if you're taking it out, take, take out cash, right? Be strategic of, of when and how you're taking it out so that you can participate in as much of the market recovery as possible. And that is where the real value of an advisor comes in, in retirement, is helping you make those decisions and doing it for you and keeping it, they can be the ones who, who's got wrench uh, and they have the discipline. It's not their money. They're not going to, um, they're not going to have the same attachment to it the way you are. And they're going to be able to make the hard decisions that are very difficult to make when we're talking about the rest of your life. I don't want to go down a different uh, tangent here, but how does that have, how does that work with social security benefits when you're talking about the fire movement and making sure that not only is there enough health insurance, there's enough income to live. How does that all work together? Yeah. So, so social security is actually something that, the fire movement uh, doesn't really talk about at all, which I, I think is a travesty, but you want to make sure that you have social security benefits because as we've talked about in previous episodes, social security is a payment for life. It is something that you are going to get, and it's not just a benefit for you, but it's also for your spouse. It also is disability insurance, right? You, if you don't, if something happens and you don't have the ability to work anymore, Social security will be there for you a lot sooner than age 62. And so you want to, you want to at a minimum qualify for social security benefits. And in order to qualify and be covered, you just need to have 40 credits. You can earn 10 credits. Uh, you need 40 credits. And the way you earn those is by contributing to social security. It's not a lot of money, but it, that you need to contribute. But if you make sure to contribute to earn those credits, then you'll have those benefits. It won't be a large check, but it will be something and it will help you um, for the rest of your life. So for those of us who are over 50 liable, who are looking to learn more about achieving FIRE, do you have some recommendations? Absolutely. On my website, uh, yieldsforyou.com forward slash resources, I've got a, a number of guides over there. I would also recommend um, there's a book called The Simple Path to Wealth, if you want to read it. It's the basic tenets of the FIRE movement. However, keep in mind that sequence risk, you got to really look that up. Long-term care, those things in retirement, that is what you need to think about. Um, on my website, I've got a guide, five questions to ask before you retire. I've got my book, Living with Financial Anxiety, where I talk through some of those decisions as well. We're talking with Libel Sternbach. And if there's one thing, we've only got 30 seconds. If we got one thing, if there's one thing you could remind us, what would that be this week? If there's one thing, it, it, the one thing is, is you got to make decisions for yourself. Don't use rule of thumb. 
You want to save as much as possible for as long as possible, and then make the smart decisions for yourself and your loved ones and decisions that you can live with. That's always what's important, right? Don't look to someone else for their path to wealth, for their path to happiness. Find your own path. That's great advice. Yields4u.com. That's yields, the number four, you, the letter u.com. That's Libel Sternbach, and Libel is on fire. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.